Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Matt Connor Whiteley, bringing you psychology news and easy to understand and engaging psychology facts. For more information and the backlist episode show notes and more information on psychology topics, please go to connorwhiteley.net and I hope you enjoy the show. everyone, welcome to episode 20 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Connor Whiteley. And today's episode is on developmental psychology and the roles of peers and play in child development. And it is the 20th of March 2020 as I record this. Yeah, record this. Moving on to the psychology news section, there will be some quite interesting articles today from the British Psychological Society's Research Digest. So the first one we're going to look at is called Trouble Sleeping. The scent of your lover might help because a new research from the University of British Columbia has actually found something quite interesting because the article reads, The team has found that the scent of your lover may not just be comforting, but also help you to drift off to sleep. Which I think is very interesting because we call it. Though some researchers challenge the common conception that the scent is the most is it the most evoking um, of all the senses it can be undeniably powerful when you catch a whiff of something that jogs your memory we know that the sense plays a, a part in sexual attraction people with a keener sense of smell often find sex more pleasant and may even have more orgasms during sex i should have read this beforehand um yeah okay and the sense of a partner may reduce stress and increase the feelings of safety. Well, the last two I can definitely say are true because when I've been around certain people before, I definitely felt less stressed and I do tend to feel a bit safer. Hmm. Okay, well, um, how do I save this from being awkward now? Sex is just a part of life, everyone. We'll keep it there. So, yeah, so, yeah, so this research I think is actually like, very like interesting though because sometimes it's because like sometimes though I know it's uh, quite hard to sleep and I know from what my mum said though is that she finds it quite hard to sleep when my dad's working all night so it'd be interesting to see I don't know I think it'd be interesting to see if this research can actually be applied to wider society because because if you well, if people are having trouble sleeping if you because if you turn to I don't know sleep on the side that you're yeah, but like that their partner is like if they're away. I wonder would that help them sleep better? So, so that's an interesting one. And then another article is that taking selfies is probably fine for your self esteem. Editing them might not be. So let's uh, yeah, so like let's like have a read of the um email. So there's been a lot of back and forth about the psychological effects of taking and sharing selfies. Some research suggests that taking a picture of yourself can dent your self-esteem and increase anxiety, whilst other studies have found that selfies can be a source of empowerment. One 19, no, sorry, 2017 paper even found a combination of the two, suggesting that sharing selfies online can mitigate the damage to, so, to the self-image often inflicted when the selfie image is taken. Opt-eds, articles and TV features that continue to focus on the issue also suggests that uh, our interest in the phenomenon is unlikely to abate anytime soon, 
and now a new study published in the Journal of Children and Media has added to this debate. It suggests that taking selfies may not be damaging, as other research claims, but, in, but it's what you do with the image afterwards. It's editing that image, that film, that, yeah, that really hurts yourself too. And this I could definitely see the logic of, because if you're taking a picture, then you're just taking a picture. But if you feel the need to edit the image, then surely that means you're not happy with yourself and you feel like you need to hide your image from society. So I definitely see that that would, I definitely understand why that would make you feel like you're not right and that you're not good enough for, for society. So that is a very good one. So I think the takeaway message from here to everyone is that when you take when you take an image, just leave it because you are it was you was you are perfect just the way you are. So just leave it at the image, and if you get any comments, just ignore them because those because those people obviously just don't appreciate you for who you are. Yeah, so that's the bit of like um, empowerment for for the day on. Yes, so like, I think people call that Monday motivations. But it's true though. It's true though. It's true though. And the last one that I'm going to look at is called the editor's pick. So researchers have identified an area of the dog brain dedicated to processing human faces. Um, oh, this I didn't know that it's Brain Awareness Week. Okay, so why not? Um, um, if you want to know about the special relationship between humans and canines. You only need to watch a dog owner lavishly feed, cuddle and clean up after her furry companion, day, day after day after day. But, is it this unique cross-species relationship reflected at a deeper level in the working of the canine brain? A study in learning and behaviour suggests so, finding that highly trained dogs have a dedicated neural area for processing human faces separate from the area in those in the processing faces of, of other dogs. This I just find very interesting because, because for the dogs to have a specialised area for recognising human faces, it must mean that, recon that dogs find recognising human faces extremely important. Important because otherwise, why would you waste that, why would you waste that brain area to dedicate it to recognising human faces? So I just think it's very, very interesting. Right, so now that we've done the psychology news section, let's move on to the personal update. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to the personal update section. It has been a very interesting week because I recorded the last personal updates and everything on the Friday because today's also a Friday, so I try and do it every Friday. And it's pretty much as soon as I, as soon as I edited everything and I uploaded it to, so that the podcast can be released on Monday, like last Monday, everything sort of went to hell. To be honest, to be honest, because what happened was was that in the UK Saturday, so last Saturday. So nine days when you hear this, uh, it was a real turning point for COVID-19 in the UK. But uh, but I'm going to keep this a positive, uh, to be honest, because so what's happened is, is that I'm home now. I'm home with my family, um, even though they're both at work, at work uh, still. So I'm home from university because the university is basically shutting down. Our lectures and exams are online. 
which I'm which I'm quite glad about to be honest because yes because the main thing is to remember because I actually am going to keep this a positive because in the news at least in the UK and no doubt in other parts of the world the news has been so doom so doom and gloom I'm actually going to keep this positive because I think we all need a little ray of sunshine in these dark times because these are challenging and unique times but I don't know we just need to adapt and hope and we will all get through it so trying to keep this so keeping this a positive in the personal update section of like Wednesday night I came home and it was really nice to see every to see everyone like again um again and it was nice to see the flatmates the flatmates as I left because we all like went out for lunch and everything and I was tempted to post it on Twitter but I thought no no just no because on Wednesday I was just really tired because the only bad thing about university where I am is that it's not hard to get sleep deprived because um people are loud <laughs> you know people are loud but I don't mind people are having fun and I don't like to interrupt that even at the own cost of my sleep which isn't that good but anyway then yeah but the good thing about being home though is that yesterday I just spent unpacking because if 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 it, it was really interesting to find out how much stuff you actually have after you live somewhere for six months six months and I just mean to be honest I didn't buy anything it was just all the like pots and pans and everything that I had but it's all boxed up now so I can sort of like move out as and when <laughs> yes and today today oh but the thing that I love about being home though is that I get to do audio if you've been following me for a little while you know I'm obsessed with audio whether it's audiobook narration, podcasting, I just love audio. I love, considering how much I have, I hate talking, and considering my stutter, even though it's been really good of late, of late, you would never pick that I would, that I love audio as much as I do. So I've already started narrating, because today, yeah, because I've already started to edit Garo End Times, so that's my third Garo book, as an audiobook though I may or may not have recorded back in January I've just not edited it yet and uh, yeah and one or two people have emailed me so I am working on it I promise I promise and next week I'm dedicating the entire week to editing stuff and doing other bits and bobs because now I'm home my dad's on nights next week so probably a bit more personal than you want to know but yeah, so he'll be in bed during the day so I will just edit during that week because I can't do any like narrating because come on that is really selfish on my part and I would not want to do that to him to do him so well so yeah so yes oh and today I've started to narrate my forensic psychology book so today I want to get at least halfway through it even though I doubt it's going to happen because and of course, it's, tw- it's 24,000 words. I'm already over, f- I think I'm a, it's about 204 pages long, even though that's, even though that's including the background, it's probably about 200 pages long. I'm at page 60, so I might get, to, um, but I might get to halfway. Yes. Oh, really important news though, everyone. Everyone, as you, as you listen to this, yeah, but like there's fifty percent off all of my ebook ebooks when you go to payhip.com forward slash stay safe. So payhip is spelled 
payhip.com forward slash stay safe. So that's all caps. S T A Y S A F E. Yes, like that's the discount code. Code that you need to enter the checkouts because yeah. So I'm sorry. I've just li- I probably just confused you. So well, right. So you get fifty percent off all of my eBooks. This includes my fiction, my non-fiction, my psychology stuff, and my books for writers. In case any of you are writers or just interested, because I know we're all going to need to do stuff during COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen, which it's not bad because we get to spend time with our family and I know we I know we've all been some difficult times ahead but I don't know I think we need to try and definitely definitely keep ourselves busy so so right to the end of March if you go to payhip.com forward slash Connor Whiteley and if you use the discount code stay safe because I truly want all of you to stay safe and I really don't want anything bad to happen to any of you Oh, and if you'll be able to get 50% off all of my books and hopefully that should kill a few hours during COVID-19 COVID-19 because yeah some interesting times times and something else that I wanted to say was that yes I'm doing a lot of audiobook narration as content creation during COVID-19 to try and keep everyone busy and because I usually because normally I see myself as you are my amazing podcast listeners and if any of you are my readers equally thank you so much to all of you so as you guys give up your time and money for me for me I see that I need to serve you I need to serve you even more than usual during like these times so I'm already doing tons of audiobook narration but I'm also thinking about doing videos and some online courses if you would be interested in me doing that, yeah, so I'd like to do that, can you please email me at connorwhitely at connorwhitely.net or you can use the contact form at connorwhitely.net forward slash contact to tell me because if I get a good response then I will skip, then I will move up my plans to do them sooner rather than later just to give everyone something to do and because, yeah, because something that I'm using the quarantine and self-isolation stuff for or just the whole social distancing stuff is I'm using it to really focus on audiobook narration because people quite like that people quite like that and I'm just using it to focus on the stuff that I can't do at uni yeah so that I'm just like doing yes and also if you want to get my audiobooks from pay hips this is when you direct yeah this is when you buy it from me yeah, directly because you also get 15% 50% off that if you can also email me as well because yeah because if there's a because if there's enough interest then I'll definitely sort that out on my payhip store yeah that and the link to payhip will also be in the show notes at connorwhitely.net forward slash blog so just a quick reminder because I know that was a lot you can get 50% off all of my ebooks when you use the checkouts when you use the coupon Stay safe in all capitals at payhip.com forward slash Connor Whiteley. Links in the show notes as well at connorwhiteley.net forward slash blog. So stay safe everyone and let's move on to the content part of the episode. Mm. 
moving on to the content parts of the episode, we're now going to look at the roles of peer and play in a cycle in a child development. So it's pretty undeniable that play and interaction with peers, so when you mix with other people, are pretty undeniable when it comes to helping a child develop. But the real question is, how does it actually help? Help. So a play develops as the child grows and gets older, because at the age of one or two, the type of play is object manipulation. So this is when the child is only interested in the object itself, and pretty much all what they do is that they knock it over and, and see what happens. That's object manipulation. And then babies also focus on the colour and the properties of the object, such as the feeling. But at the age of three to five years old, the type of play changes to pretend play, which I loved as a child. Is And that's another great thing about being an author, is that you can still pretty much do this when writing your book. So I'm still sort of like pretend play now, because there's some great things you can do in your fiction. Anyway, back to the thing. Um, yes, where the child uses objects to act out a pretend social situation, like a family dinner, enabling children to understand the meaning of objects. Of objects. And this is why, yes, and this and this type of play can be linked to why a lot of girls, and sometimes boys, were like at tea parties and dough houses. And the last stage of play is, at the age of six or seven years old, the type of play changes for the last time to become play with rules. As a child doesn't focus on the object, nor the social role it could be used for. Instead, they focus on rules. This is because rules that regulate the social world and complex sequence of social interactions. So they require more com more complex cognitive structures that form about this age in order to understand it. And this is very beneficial to children because if they can understand rules and how the social world works, then it means that they're much more likely to be successful in forming these in, in forming these friendships and these different interactions. So the influence of peers and play on cognitive development. Now I haven't. Now in the book, I go into the cognitive development, but no offense to anyone, it's a really dry topic, and I don't want and I don't want to do a podcast episode on it. Because it's such a dry and, yeah, and it's just not fun to talk about. In short, the main research when it comes to cognitive development is, is Paget, is Paget, or a French person, so Paget, um, believed that development in peer interaction is driven by the process of perspective talking. So being in a group of equal peers that find each other relatable would help for development. And there are a lot of studies that support this idea. For example, Damon and Kilton, 1982, supports this idea as they found that when children talk in groups, this promotes moral reasoning for effective, uh, more effectively than talking with adults. And moral reasoning is very important for children to make them more ethical in the future. Whereas Trotsky's, who's another theorist for cognitive development, and he believes more in um, social cultural, so that our society and our culture impacts our cognitive development. Believe that cognitive development is driven by being around knowledgeable others. This can be parents or peers or carers. I'll definitely add that in the um, second edition. Because sadly, not everyone has that. Well, sadly, not everyone has their parents. Nedo Jospatsa. Uh, I've got to learn how to say these names. 
1985 supports that just guy as they found that seven, uh, five to seven year old children overcame egocentrism so that's when you focus on yourself easier when an adult is present when they, f- when they provide themselves just enough help to the children to understand and complete the task supporting the idea of knowledgeable others is important for cognitive development uh, it's like it supports the idea because because the adult is the knowledgeable other, so that child can develop their will develop cognitively from help that they give them. So the influence of peers and play on social development. And so when you interact with peers as a child, it provides you with the foundations for future relationships and how to make friends. So a study that supports this idea of social interaction, or well, peers, and how it helps the development, is Hoss Loss. And Cow and and Cowan, nineteen seventy three. So what happened in this study is that children from isolated farms and children from towns in Norway did a number of tasks to measure logic skills, like a conversation task, like a conversation task with water, and social skills to see to see to see social development in children from isolated farms as these children tend to have no same age peers on the farm. As those showed, whilst there was no difference in the development of logic skills, there was a clear difference in the development of social skills from children from the isolated farms compared to children from the town. In conclusion, growing up in an isolated environment with no same age peers has a negative impact on the development of vital social skills, which does make complete sense to be honest because if you don't have any same age peers or nobody who you can really interact with interact with who's about the same age then you won't be able to develop certain social skills but as just thinking about this something that this study doesn't test is what about social skills with older with people that are older with you because these children from isolated farms would have to interact with older well with people that are people that are older with them so they might have better social skills for dealing with people who are older with them or for talking to adults compared to children from town who i think would mainly focus on talking with peers on the same age so that they might lack the social skills it was to be able to communicate effectively with adults i don't know it's just something to think about so moving on to critical thinking it is high ecological validity because yes, that's how the results apply to the real world. I mean, yeah, that because like, this used it um, a real setting. Well, yeah, because like this uses like real uh, this because this used real naturally occurring variables. But negative of the study is that one a- is that this study only uses one area or culture, so we don't know is this cross a culturally true or is this just specific to Norway. Norway so yes we could probably say that it is but without the actual data and without the proof we can't say that definitively so that's just something to think about okay so I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and if you want to connect you can always email me using the contact form at connorwhitely.net forward slash contact or if you wanted to find out more about developmental psychology then please head over to connorwhitely.net forward slash the developmental psychology. So have a great week everyone.
Thank you for listening in there today. I hope that you found it useful and engaging. Well, like, if you want to see a show notes, backlist episodes, and more information on their psychology, on their psychological topics, please check out connorwhitely.net. And if you want to get a free book, as well as other news about writing and psychology, then please check out. Yeah, but then please sign up for my newsletter at connorwhitely.net. Have a great week, everyone.